0: and welcome to Native Stories. Native Stories exists to share the voices of those connected to the land. In this recording on March 8, 2019, you will hear a panel discussion on the University of Hawaii's historical management of Mauna Kea, the role that astronomy and Native Hawaiian communities have played in the past and the current conflict over development on Mauna Kea. The panel includes Gregory Chun, Camille Kalama, Justice Robert Klein, and Mayor Harry Kim, and is moderated by Moani Keala Nabarro. Please enjoy. Joining us here at Kawaii Bayi Collective,
1: my name is Moani Keala Nabarro. I am here moderating tonight's panel, representing a diverse collection of voices. From policy, legal, to community, the conversation we'll hear in this space tonight all made possible by the Ahahui o Hawaii from the William S. Richardson School of Law. How about a round of applause for our haumana that helped to put this together. This hui has facilitated panels for decades, all surrounding critical issues facing native Hawaiians, particularly land use management. Everything from Pohakuloa to Makua here on Oahu. The Hui's sole mission is to educate the community through meaningful conversation, as we mentioned before, such as we will have tonight. It is now time for us to bring up our panelists, and as we announce our panelists, we will do that in alphabetical order, and we just ask our panelists to be seated in order, starting from you, Greg, at the far end, and then from so on, okay? Tonight, our first panelist, is the senior advisor to University of Hawaii President David Lasner and UH Hilo Chancellor Marsha Sakai in overseeing the fulfillment of the responsibilities of the entire UH system on Mauna Kea. A UH Manoa faculty member whose work focuses on the intersection of land use, community engagement and culture, also chairs the Mauna Kea Management Board and a proud graduate of Kamehameha Schools, also, This gentleman bringing experience with restoration of historic Hawaiian sites in West Hawaii and Molokai. Please, pa'i pa'i lima welcome to the conversation, Mr. Greg Chan. Our next panelist is an intake attorney with the Native Hawaiian Legal Corporation, handling all inquiries for legal services. She joined NHLC as a staff attorney in 2006 after clerking for a year at the Hawaii Supreme Court. She views her kuleana as protecting and preserving native rights and resources. And I should also mention not to mess with her on the soccer field. She was named NCAA Women, Woman Athlete of the Year for Hawaii in 2001. We welcome Ms. Camille Kalama. He served as director of Hawaii County Civil Defense for 16 years, helping bring countless residents to safety during the Kilauea eruption. He's currently serving his third, fourth year term as mayor of Hawaii County. Many viewing his run for mayor as a shining example of a grassroots campaign. Not investing into a single sign, his supporters creating their own, even hanging bedsheets that simply read, Kim. Coming in from Mokuo Keave, we welcome Mayor Harry Kim. Our next panelist was a former associate justice at the Hawaii Supreme Court. His current litigation practice is centered around government relations, administrative hearings, and appeals, past cases involving construction contracts, public access and Native Hawaiian rights. A graduate of the University of Oregon School of Law and Stanford University, we welcome to our conversation here at Kawaiwai, Justice Robert Klein. All right, mahalo nui to our panelists. They have all been sent questions beforehand, so each of them can prepare their responses. We have asked each panelist to limit responses to five minutes per question. Our timekeepers here, aloha. Okay, the only thing is, um, my eyesight, I don't know what happened. So I cannot really see. Okay, so, oh, there we go. Now I can see, okay, nice and big. Okay, and we're back in TV land, here we go. Okay, so we have asked them to limit your responses to five minutes per question, okay? and our timekeepers are here. So we will start off our very first question and we are offering that to each of our panelists individually. And we will start off with you, Justice Robert Klein. What is your pilina or relationship to Mauna Kea and why is it important to you personally?
2: Mahalo for the question. What I've come to learn through many years of being board counsel for the Office of Hawaiian Affairs, if you can hear me, um, is that the community that we uh, represent, I mean the Board of Trustees of the Office of Hawaiian Affairs, the single advocacy group for Native Hawaiians that's recognized in the state constitution and the laws of the state of Hawai'i is that our beneficiaries of the ceded Lands Trust, Hawaiian people, have a deep spiritual relationship with Mauna Kea that sometimes is not apparent, but is real because Mauna Kea is sacred one of the most, if not the most sacred place in all of Hawaii, historically and presently. And we have a, a respect for sacred places that are historic. If you know the history of Mauna Kea, Mauna Kea was the firstborn of the progenitors of the Hawaiian race. Papa and Kea, And consequently, when Hawaiian people look back on their creation story, the reality of their creation, they, they look to Mauna Kea. That's how sacred it is. And I've come to learn a lot about that connection over the years of representing Office of Hawaiian Affairs And I think the feeling has grown over the years that sacred places, guess what, they need protection. And unfortunately, over the years, that has not happened in the way that it should. There's no balance that goes on on the mountain. And I think it's that disproportionality uh, that we feel as Hawaiians and wish to regain the sense that Mauna Kea is sacred, that Hawaiians have a connection to Mauna Kea that's unbroken through many, many, many years and are willing to do what it takes to protect the ability um, to practice religious beliefs, to connect spiritually to the mountain, and to practice their cultural, Cultural practices that can only be practiced on the mountain. Um, So I have come to understand that a lot more um, over the years. I think our organization, OHA, has also uh, come to understand the depth of feeling that exists in the Hawaiian community over this sacred place. So that's the feeling that I have as well. Mahalo. Mahalo Nui
1: Justice. Uh, Mayor Kim, would you like me to repeat the question? Okay, Mayor Kim.
3: I need all of you to know that I'm not speaking on behalf of anyone except myself. As later on, if I have, and hope I have the time to read uh, to you what I wrote down as far as my vision of Manakea. I promise you that you may talk to the governor for five seconds what the content should be of that. I wrote every word, but I copied every word from talking about to other people. In regards to the question of Mauna I'm born in a place of Puna. The mountains that were of the greatest concern and part of their lives, uh, the Hawaiians that I lived with, worlds of Kilauea and Mauna Loa because of the obvious uh, volcanic eruption. <laughs> Mauna did not become special to me in any way except as a kid, the marveling at this majestic beauty, the awesomeness of snow on the mountain. If you're born in Hawaii, you know how rare that is. And to even top it all, I never went on top of Mauna Kea until I worked for Civil Defense now in my 30s. In regards to the special place of Mauna Kea, I have a picture here that uh, I'll circulate later. When I was in my 30s, and you know that's decades and decades ago, I stopped once and I looked at the top of the mountain and, and noticed this huge heart shape on the side of the mountain. And I wrote down at that time, decades ago, the heart of the mountain. The heart of the Hawaiian people. I'm not a Hawaiian, not even an ounce, but sometimes you feel things that you, doesn't matter who you are. And that's what I felt about the mountain. Until today, I look at that heart every time and I've shown the picture to so many people. It's almost funny that most of the people I show it to or talk about it don't know what I'm talking about. You should see that heart. And I meant it then and I mean it more now. That heart to me at that time as I wrote. The heart of the mountain. The heart of the Hawaiian people. That's my association. with. now comes of time in 1980 when the university called a meeting and wanted to talk to me in regards to Mauna Kea, of the development of Mauna Kea. They called me strictly because civil defense. And after I covered elements of the blizzards and the altitude, the acclimation and those things, I asked if I could speak of what was personal. And I said, shoot. And this was also inviting. So you know I'm not making any of these things up for now. I told that group from the university, you people of science look at Mauna Kea as of science because it is perfect for your science. But I wanted them to know there are others that look at Mauna Kea as part of their soul. And as I told that group, if you are going to trample people's soul, all I ask, is that you do it with care, with caution, and above all, above all, compassion. That was in 1981. That is my tie with Mauna Kea, of this beautiful mountain, and the tie of that mountain with the people that I grew up with.
1: Mahalo, Mayor Kim. We pose the same question to Ms. Camille Kalama.
4: Mahalo. He Hawaii he As one of many kanaka here tonight, and around the islands, and around the world, um, that are watching what's happening here, I share what um, Judge Klein shared about the importance to our people. We know that it is in our, Mauna Kea is in our genealogy from our own mele kumohonua from our own ko'i honua, because our own origin stories tell us that. We're not making that up. I'm here as a descendant of the many that have unrelinquished claims to these lands and lands all around Hawaii that we continually fight to protect, to preserve, to restore. The many, I am one of many of the Umi descendants around who called for the protection of Mauna Kea in times of war. And as the saying goes, as we know, either you know you descend from Umi, or you don't know your genealogy. I'm here as a granddaughter of Elizabeth Ke Ilani Ka'ai Kawaha Kalama, who was gifted the Oli Aloha from Auntie Pilahi Paki, who you reference in your vision, Mir Kim. And she was tasked with sharing aloha with the world. I come as a daughter of someone who stormed the gates at Mokapu to re-establish our connection there from Makahiki. I come as a Makua of Maikeiki, who is here somewhere, who asked me, I thought they were done. Why are they doing this to Mauna Kea? And I told her, I don't know, this is heva. I come as a graduate of the University of Hawaii and the University of um, Hawaii Richardson School of Law. And this is where I learned what our rights are as Kanaka Maoli under the system that we currently are in. And as a graduate, I come as someone who has struggled with others, many others, as I said, to fight for the protection of these many trust lands for our people, and to fight against the use of our resources that are not, one, aligned with our culture, do not benefit our people, and ignore the sentiment of many of the people that you see coming out today. This stems from Pohakuloa, which is right down as part of Mauna Kea and the many, many acres, almost 26,000 acres were taken for Pohakulo and Lihu'e, almost at the same time as Kaho'olawe was granted back to the state of Hawaii from the federal government, almost at the same time. I know that because I was part of many who fought against the striker brigade coming here. I'm also part of many who have fought for the return of stream flows to East Maui some of whom are here tonight. If you don't know, the water that went to central Maui to irrigate the sugar came off of 33,000 acres of trust lands, Hawaiian national lands. I was also part of a team of many who fought the latest telescope on Haleakala, the ATST. And unfortunately, we were not able to stop that. I was briefly on the board of Kahea, many of whom are here tonight, who have been involved in this legal battle, in the legal battle against Mauna Kea and the struggle for many, many years. And lastly, I was part of a legal team who challenged the emergency rules that were enacted by the BLNR in 2015, who targeted protectors on the Mauna, and we defeated that. So when it comes to my relationship, my pilina with, with Mauna Kea, it's that of many others. I don't only speak for myself. Mahalo.
1: Mr. Chun.
5: Aloha mai kakou. Um, So at the the risk of dating myself, uh, my relationship with uh, Mauna Kea started in 1974 uh, when I was an undergraduate at UH Hilo. And uh, we used to go up there uh, for snow day, uh, as is uh, tradition and practice for uh, many local people uh, on the Big Island. Uh, And over the years, I lost uh, sort of contact because I moved away and went to school, ended up on Oahu and, and whatnot. But in 1999, I reconnected with Moko Kiave because I started working at um, Parker Ranch. Um, and that was right around the time that uh, the audit had been completed, the university was working on developing the, co- the master plan, the 2000 master plan, comprehensive management plan, that started a little bit after that. Um, and so uh, I was sort of on the fringes of watching what was happening through that whole process. Um, and then over time, uh, uh, you know, I went uh, down to Keohou and working for Kamehameha Schools and sort of stayed involved with Mauna Kea through my various civic activities, different boards and, and whatnot that I, I participated on. Uh, and then fast-forward to 2013 when I started here at at the University Um, I would say that my uh, relationship with Mauna Kea having sort of experienced many different sort of phases of and and, and experienced the Mauna in in different ways um, is kind of a mosaic of contradiction a mosaic of juxtaposition Um, It is both a source of inspiration for me, deep inspiration, but also a source of great sadness. Uh, I have experienced its sacredness as you can only experience if you ever have the opportunity to go there. But I have experienced its mundaneness at the same time. I have experienced and seen shades of black I never thought I would ever see. I have heard silence in ways I've never thought I would ever hear. I have been so touched by the bitter cold that my soul has been warmed. And so for me, uh, Mauna represents represents this whole range of Emotions and intellect and, and issues, and all of which are valid, all of which are true. There's nobody wrong on any side of the issues here. Um, and so my relationship is, is, is that it represents, Mauna Kea represents everything that's right about Hawaii and everything that's possible, but it also represents everything that we need to fix. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mahalo Nui, Mr. Chun. E lua. We pose this question to Mayor Kim first. And it reads, when consulting the community regarding future stewardship of Mauna Kea, what does community mean to you? How should the community be determined? How much weight should that community's voice carry when envisioning Future
3: management. I hope you uh, forgive me because I'm going to deviate because I really wanted to read you know in regards <coughs> to the mission of that I wrote for Manakea. In regards to that though I will say this I try to read as much as I can about where we are how we got here as a people And I realized a simple thing of that mountain. All of the scopes that we talk about, except maybe one small university project, was done before the year 2000. It was after that the legislators' Auditor's Report criticized the University of Hawaii. And therefore, subsequently to that, different plans were made. When time is available, I think it'd be uh, very good for all of us to read that. And I know things that I'm gonna say are not very popular, but I'll say it. I think the management plan as drafted, you know, Medicare management plan, the latest Mm -hmm. one in 2009, is a very good plan. And please remember most of the I'll say mistakes or disrespect was all done before that plan was completed. It covers the management area, it covers the local input, etc. Now I'm gonna deviate and I won't take my time to read this and if I go over it then you can steal it from my next question. I do want you to know that every word in here means something beyond just a word. I do not think if you are Hawaiian, you understand the specialness of who you are, and I mean deep specialness of other people. I know you do not understand the burden of what I am trying to ask of you. This morning when I woke up on news at 3 o'clock this morning, believe it or not, which is a habit. They were talking about the growing hatred and intolerance of people in the United States, in colleges, in high school, and to be very, very careful of that. That is part of what I'm trying to tell you today in regards to why I wrote this. The world needs a template. The world needs some place to point to of people, of heart, of kindness, of warmth. There was one word in here that was told from people of Taiwan and China. that wanted to make a peace institute in Hilo. And their word is of cosmopolitan. And I know the only place in the world of a cosmopolitan people was possible was because of the Hawaiians who, in regards to their heart and their work. And I read to you the vision for Mauna Kea. This small one page took over 100 drafts because words were important and I would change time a draft for one word. Mauna Kea to be a symbol of the Native Hawaiian culture past, present, and future. A cultural and natural treasure. This is about the protection and preservation of the historical and cultural specialists of this land. The most precious and beautiful of place and people. That last sentence was not written for this vision. The last sentence was written to guide my cabinet of being mayor and where I wanted to go. A central theme of Mauna should be of the native Hawaiian heritage and the inseparability of nature and culture. It is about the exploration of the ocean to the discoveries of the universe. Hawaiians understood how the world was connected from the mountain to the sea. They explored the ocean and learned about the heavens to guide them. They believed that this majestic mountain is the Earth's connecting point to the rest of the universe. This is about the mountain being part of their soul. Then I wrote, this is what, about what Manakea can be for the world. And I know that's asking a lot. I think I know a little bit of the pains caused, and this is asking for more. And I truly mean it when I said I think the world needs you, Monica, to be a symbol of nations working together for the pursuit of peace and harmony. I Mary, can we home. ask you
1: to wrap up if you can for us?
3: Pardon?
1: We're out of time. Oh, okay. my you pao? you want no. to wrap up your thought? I know, you got more. Any last word you want to say, share with us before we go on to the next panelist?
3: I'm going to cheat, and when it comes to the next question, I'm going to finish it.
1: Okay. Mahalo Nui, merkim. We asked the same question to you, Ms. Kalama. Do you need me to repeat the question?
4: No. Okay. I think the first question relates to the second question. You know, when it comes to who is the community, and how, what weight should they carry in determining the vision for Mauna Kea, You're talking about pilina, relationship, and also kuleana. Those are two important concepts. And if the weight of their voices or the weight of those relationships are not honored, there can be no pono management. It's not enough to say, we value you, we want your input. There has to be some weight with that. And that means decision making, power. We're constantly asked to consult. We're asked to sit on boards. We're asked to give advice. But when push comes to shove and we say "Ah, that response is not respected. And this is one example. I know we're talking about future management in Mauna Kea and we cannot talk about that without talking about TMT. And you're right, Mr. Kim. A lot of that that was in the auditor's report happened before the management plan, that's true. But now that you know, how can you continue with this project? It is not just another telescope. There's 13 up there. This is the second largest telescope in the world on the planet. And if we're talking about honoring our culture of wayfinding, what is the single most important thing about our culture of wayfinding? That it's non-instrument navigation. So how do we honor that? by building the second largest instrument for astronomy in the world. It's incomprehensible to me. I cannot, I cannot understand how anyone could make that comparison. And I'm not saying that you are, Mr. Kim. But I've heard that many, many times before. And that is absolutely, makes no sense. It doesn't honor our culture.
1: Mahalo, Ms. Kalama. We go now to Kanino Ekolu. And we will start off with you, Mr. Chun. And the question reads, How has UH demonstrated that it is the proper steward of Mauna Kea? Do adequate guidelines exist within current management plans to address traditional and customary practices, especially given that Mauna Kea is situated on ceded lands?
5: so um, before I answer the question just uh, one disclaimer Um, as some people in the audience know um, the Office of Hawaiian Affairs DLNR and the University of Hawaii are currently in litigation uh, over uh, allegations of of mismanagement Uh, so that necessarily constrains some of my comments here tonight Um, I think uh, when we have the conversation about management of, of Mauna Kea, um, there are really sort of three levels or three components that need to be teased apart, because I think they get thrown together oftentimes and they get mixed up. Uh, at one level, um, there's a lot of discussion and, 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 and disagreement necessarily about uh, just the existence of observatories and astronomy on Mauna Kea. Um, those questions and those issues about how these lands are used um, are really sort of a different, one, one whole uh, component of, of management when we talk about management that is really sort of governed by um, uh, legal, regulatory, uh, state, kinds of processes. Uh, And so sometimes those questions get mixed with questions about managing human activities on the mountain. So how the mountain is used versus how the mountain is, people interact or what they do on the mountain. Um, And that in my mind is more clearly sort of management. Um, And that's where you get into things like needing uh, Administrative rules and having a comprehensive management plan, um, which thank you, Mayor, um, uh, for acknowledging. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a very comprehensive plan. And then at another level, which, and all of these are connected, it's not that they're not connected, but at another level, when we talk about management, sometimes we talk, people are really, what they're really talking about is governance and decision making and who gets to be a part of that. Um, And that that conversation is tied, excuse me, is is tied especially to the first issue uh, around decision making concerning uses. So um, just when we talk about management, the adequacy of management, et cetera, um, I think it's important to sort of tease out what it is that we're we're really referring to. Uh, One of the challenges uh, that we have had sometimes from the university's perspective is is, uh, it not being clear what people are referring to when they're saying that we, our, our stewardship and our management has, has been not been up to, up to par. Uh, in, in regards to whether the current comprehensive management plan is adequate, um, uh, I, I think if you spend any time with it, you will see that it's quite comprehensive. Quite comprehensive. In fact, in some ways, it, it probably goes way beyond the typical uh, management plan. Uh, it's not so much whether the plan is, in, is, is, is not uh, enough or adequate. What it really comes down to is, is, is how we implement, and how we talk to each other, and how we work through these issues. Um, I didn't get a chance to answer the, the, the previous question. But one of the challenges you know, we have in working in community is, is not only trying to define, all right sort of who is part of this community and, and sort of who represents community. But the, the real challenge is, is every stakeholder group, every community group, and we see this with Mauna Kea, see, we see it at the Mauna Kea Management Board all the time. Part of the challenge is we're all talking in different metrics. We're all, we're all saying this is important because of these reasons and they line up differently than what other people are saying is important to them. And I don't have a perfect process or a perfect plan to to work through that. All I know is that you gotta keep talking. That's what I know. And we gotta find better ways to ask better questions if we're gonna be able to find the solutions um, that, that are out there. Thank you.
1: Mahalo Nui, Mr. Chun. We pose the same question to you, Justice Klein.
2: Which question are you posing to me? Okay, I know. Two went by me. <laughs> okay, I, I will re
1: There's several. Yeah. <laughs> so, Justice Klein, how has UH demonstrated that it is the proper steward of Mauna Kea? Do adequate guidelines exist within current management plans to address traditional and customary practices, especially given that Mauna Kea is situated on ceded lands?
2: Well... Thank you for asking that question. i appreciate it. Um, as Mr. Chun noted, OHA filed a lawsuit at the end of 2017 because OHA is convinced based on the history that is readily available to anybody who wants to look at it that Mauna Kea has been mismanaged for over 50 years. It, uh, the record can be found in the complaint, if anybody wants to look it up, those are all verified facts. Um, So in our view, humbly and with respect, not getting into the merits of the lawsuit or talking about the allegations in detail. Um, We think the record speaks for itself. We're talking about, don't take my word for it, take three separate audits of the stewardship of the mountain by the University of Hawaii. We're talking 50 years, okay? That's more than most people in this room have been alive to get this right, to get the management correct. And what does that entail? It entails some balance in the uses of the mountain. You're talking about traditional and customary rights. They're protected under Article 12 of the Hawaii Constitution, I wrote a lot about that when I was on the bench. Um, And I think these rights to traditional, cultural protection, to to really honor the the people, the first people of Hawaii. That's why they're in the Constitution, and to protect those those rights. And on this, as I said before, on this most sacred place, what you see is either ignorance or a lack of concern about constitutionally protected rights of the Hawaiian people. There has been no balance, Um, been attempts. So when you ask about, do adequate guidelines exist? Well, you can have adequate guidelines, but you actually have to follow them to make them real. Um, and, And I turn to, with due respect to Mayor Kim, and to Mr. Chun, the 2009 comprehensive management plan looks good on paper, right? They always said that uh, the San Francisco Giants would, would look good if they only played on paper instead of AstroTurf. Mm-hmm. Um, so, look, looking good on paper is not, is not what you wanna be. You wanna, you wanna be able to, over the course of 50 years, <coughs> Get to the bottom line here. Get to a place where not only do you put things on paper, but you actually implement them. And I say that because after the 2009 comprehensive management plan, there was a 2014 audit. What did the audit find? No rules, unauthorized use permits, no enforcement authority to protect the Mauna after that many years, you have to scratch your head. So you had, a, you had a terrific looking plan in 2009. You had a scathing audit about that plan and its implementation in 2014. And it, as of 2017, the updated audit by the state auditor noted that none of the eight recommendations in the 2014 audit had been completely uh, implemented. So I can understand why people are disappointed with the implementation of, of the master plans. We've had 10, by the way, since the 1974, 10 of them. And after almost every one, new, um, new telescopes sprouted on the mountain. <laughs> you have a master plan, and you have two or three more telescopes built. Um, so that's why I, my, my thought is, there's, there's, no, there's no balance, and constitutionally protected rights are not given the full extent of protection that I think the founders of our Constitution who wrote Article 12 envisioned. So I would also say, you know, <clears throat> I think when we look around to peace plans and how to be peaceful and all this, I love peace, but not without justice. Yo.
1: Mahalo, Justice Klein. We've come to Eha, our fourth and final question of the evening that we will pose to each of our panelists tonight. We will start off with you, Mr. Chun. The question reads, what does Pono management of Mauna Kea look like? What is the most significant concrete first step that UH could take to better steward Mauna Kea? And what other steps could UH take to improve its stewardship of the mountain?
5: So, um, since uh, accepting the assignment uh, a year ago uh, to serve as advisor uh, to the university on, on Monica, um, we've been working on uh, a number of things. And too, too long a list to kind of go into detail here, given the time constraints. But I, I would summarize sort of the, the work that we're doing. Uh, uh, Three ways. Um, there's no doubt that uh, management of Mauna Kea, uh, management decisions of any of any sort dealing with seated lands. Okay, um, we have to find more inclusive systems and processes and structures uh, to have representation and voice be heard. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Um, so. One of the things that, that uh, uh, we are trying to do is, is to look at sort of how can we uh, do a better job of being more inclusive um, uh, both in formal and informal ways. Uh, so informally, uh, there are a number of things that we have done are doing. Uh, ran I ran a project back in 2015 called Envision Kea that was specifically an effort to go out and, and solicit input from what we call the soft voices. the people who wouldn't show up for a meeting like this. Um, we're also currently uh, doing, reaching out and doing uh, info, what we call informal consultations on the draft administrative rules. Uh, some of you know that we had a hearing, a hearing series of hearings back in September. We've made some changes, um, notable changes. Before we go back out to hearing, we're going through an extra step to try to get more input, reaching out to people, particularly those who showed up at the hearings and expressed uh, strong uh, concerns. Uh, so we're doing that. Inclusivity is one of those principles that we're trying to um, uh, work on and, 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 and expand. Um, a more formal way that we've uh, uh, sort of addressed that is uh, last year we had six openings on the Monocam Management Board, uh, either due to term limits and a variety of things. Uh, and so President Lasner, and Marsha Sakai, Chancellor Sakai, reached out to any of a number of, of uh, stakeholder groups, including the Office of Hawaiian Affairs and DLNR and community groups and whatnot, and, and asked for nominations. So those six, those six uh, uh, vacancies were filled by uh, people who were nominated um, by different community groups, different stakeholder groups. Uh, and We want to make more changes yet to, to the Mauna Management Board. The second thing that we're working on is, um, it's clear, uh, one of the things we learned in uh, in Envision Mauna Kea, that the Mauna is the teacher. And so it's clear that there are uh, educational, uh, not opportunities, educational uh, values associated with Mauna Kea that go way beyond astronomy itself. And so uh, it's important uh, for the university to look at how do we expand that educational mission when it comes to Monica, to be more inclusive not just of other disciplines, but also in reaching community in other ways. Uh, So we currently have a number of initiatives, uh, some of which are being coordinated by IMI Law um, Astronomy Center, uh, looking at how do we expand that educational programming. Uh, And the third third principle that we're trying to work on is, is, is to look at um, this notion of, of how, how can we uh, have more productive conversations around, particularly given uh, what I said earlier, that the challenge is is always that we uh, we're talking in different metrics, and so uh, we have to find ways, systems, and processes to uh, to have better conversations about that. So those are some of the things principles that we're working on, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that are very specific, uh, that sort of a following these strategic principles that we're working on.
1: Hello, Mr. Chun. We pose that same question to you, Ms. Kalama.
4: I don't know how you get to Pono Management going forward without <laughs> Dealing with the past. I reread the auditor's report from 98. I also read the report um, from Envision Mauna And it looks to me like the same issues are still happening. So to me, until you deal with the past, you cannot increase activity, you cannot increase construction. And if we know and if we want to learn from our, from our kupuna and our culture, we look at what happened when, you were, when Okonohiki was given stewardship over Aina and didn't do its job. They were removed. And after this many years, you have to look at the timing of what's happening. Yes, the rules are coming out. Why? If you look at the draft rules and the increased penalties and the group registration, all of these things are happening at the university, yes. But we're looking at the past four years after it exploded on Mauna Kea. Where hundreds, I was there with hundreds of others, not just Kanaka, saying this has to stop. I was there with thousands of others marching through Waikiki, saying this has to stop. And it's not enough to hear us, we have to see action, otherwise we're just talking. So if you want to take concrete steps, UH needs to show action, plans and plans and plans and rules are paper, but we need to see it on the ground. And if You know, we all know we're not naive. We know that everyone is in their corners. We know that there's legal agreements. We know that there's penalties. We know that there's a lot of pressure on everyone. There's a lot of pressure on the state. The state is worried about looking bad for business. But if you truly want us to be a symbol to the world for aloha, for peace, then I ask you, why do you keep asking us to bear the burden? Why can't it be shared? This is an opportunity to show that the government, that the university, that everyone listened to the people who said no, and we stopped this. They have another option. It's La Palma. And I hope that the folks there want it, because I wouldn't want to just pass it on to them. And I can't say that I know that they want it. But if they want it, then let's find a way to get them there. Thank you, Ms. Palama.
1: Mayor Kim, we pose the same question to you.
3: I had a t- <clears throat> talk with Dr. Lesnar today on the phone and I said what I was going to say here because of management. and that my opinion, I see some members of the astronomy group here that I addressed back in the first year, before I was mayor. I think uh, they will tell you of literally the, how popular I was with them, which meant unpopular. I think they will tell you of the scolding I gave them before I was done. All you have to do is talk to any of the couple hundred people that were there. I really would like to finish this. This is about, you know, when the question was asked of Hawaiians to give more, and I stated that. And I'll tell you why. Where else, who else, you know, can literally stand up and say this is who you are. Manakea to be a symbol of nations working together for the pursuit of peace and harmony a beacon of hope and discovery for the world, and Lord knows we need it more today. This is not just about science, it is about combining culture and science. It is about respect and caring, it is about a quest for knowledge that will make us a better people and better stewards of this world. It is about Hawaii to be globally recognized as a cultural and natural treasure. Hawaii, a place on this earth where people live together peacefully and respectfully in harmony with nature This is about Hawaii and the cosmopolitan people, people of the world where diversity is respected and celebrated. Where else in the world talks about a cosmopolitan ethnic group? This is about the recognition of a deeply painful history of intrusions on the first nation of Hawaii, which today are reflected in issues such as Mauna Kea. It is about the wrongs done to indigenous people of the world whose scars remain fresh. Quote, the world will turn to Hawaii as a search for world peace because Hawaii has the key, and that key is your lifestyle of aloha This is a quote by Auntie Paki in 1970, where she envisioned today a 21st century world in conflict that would look to Hawaii for healing And her definition for aloha became law in your HRS, Hawaii Revised Statutes money to be an opportunity for the gift of the lord to be presented to the world to make us better how else can i admit of all the wrongs stated we know that what i was asking is help us make us better but not just hawaii this is about the mountain bringing people together well i knew this was not going to be going over of warmth, I just want you to know how I feel about what I think the world needs. I read this to China, Japan, Canada, of Taiwan, British Columbia, and other people. We all need a template in this world to make us better. You have to know that is the whole purpose of what I wrote of recognizing you can lead us as an example a template for the world to make us a better people. Thank you.
1: Mahalo, Mayor Kim. Justice Robert Klein.
2: Well, again, mahalo. And I appreciate Mayor Kim's comments and um, Camille's comments as well. He sort of, that's kind of the two ends of the spectrum on the issue presented by this question. Pono management of Onakea look like, um, to answer that question, you need to contrast what's been going on for the last 50 years. Anything other than that would start to look like Pono management, uh, because we certainly haven't had that uh, over the years. you know, to be pono, to be righteous in the management of Mauna Kea, um, I think I think people need to. And, and the mayor touched on this. I think they have to reach into their na'au and think about what what burden do the Hawaiian people endure when um, time after time. The management plans that have been put down on paper have been met with further desecration of the mountain. Yep. And um, you know, we, we should talk about decommissioning, if that's a way of solving <laughs> solving some of the uh, solving some of the issues. You know, um, only in one, if I'm correct here, and I think it is correct. Only in one management plan, Um, it was the 1985 Mauna Kea management plan. Was there ever any mention of limiting the observatories and telescopes to 13 by the year 2000? Since then, uh, that has been largely ignored. Uh, It's one example of management plans being ignored. Uh, practically every one of them was either ignored or not implemented. Which, you know, again, read the audit reports. Um, so, I think to be pono, I think um, we have to we have to consider what it would take to heal the wounds that have been inflicted symbolically, Mauna Kea, but. In reality on the Hawaiian people. Mauna Kea is symbolic and emblematic of the yearnings and the feelings in the heart of the Hawaiian people, as well as practicing their spiritual and cultural needs. So I look at that and I say, you know, we're a long way from Pono. Um, What is the most significant concrete first step that UH could take? I think it is to at least even up the deep-seated concerns and beliefs of the Hawaiian people, and to to learn how to connect with the community by protecting um, protecting the traditions and cultures and, and spiritual needs of the Hawaiian people. To look at like that look at that as 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 a goal. <laughs> not as something to be ignored. Like Camille says, often Hawaiian people are consulted. They're in a consulting role. And what I've noticed over the 50 years is the consultation has never really turned into reality because the Hawaiian people have not participated in decision making. So when you say, let's see, uh, Hawaiian people's rights constitutionally protected on all ceded lands. Uh, let's see, let's put a box. Okay, check. We have now checked off that box. But there's no, that, that tree doesn't bear fruit. <laughs> it's just ignored. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's, a, that's a big problem. So what first step? Stop ignoring the aspirations of the Hawaiian people with respect to their mountain. Uh, and I, I think what other steps could UH take? The, the other steps to improve stewardship, there are so many places that they could start and I think, I think they do have, I think the University of Hawaii has a good heart They're just not reaching deeply into the Hawaiian community I mentioned decommissioning earlier because, you know, if 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 you have a lease with the with the DLNR, going back 50 years that says you're supposed to keep the place tidy, neat, etc., we don't see that.
1: And Justice, we just ask you to wrap up your answer. Thank you, Mahalo nui. Thank you. just wanted to ask our ahahui if we had any more nino. I know we, I was looking at the time here, we have about 10 more minutes. Are we okay, or were my kai? So I think at this time, maybe if it's okay, since we have a little more time, if we could go down the panel again, and we'll give each of you a minute, just to give any final thoughts, any final mana'o that you may have about being here tonight. Maybe something that another panelist had said that you wanna touch back upon, you could use that time as well. Um, why don't we start off with you, Ms. Kalama, your conclusion.
4: There's so much to say, Kalama. I think to end on a, a positive note, when I look around and I see the next generations and the strength that they have, and the knowledge that they have. I have hope for the future management of our Aina. The ones in this room, the ones introducing us. All of these appeal are amazing. And I trust that they know their culture, that they know their Aina, and they know their Kuleana. And I can only hope that I, we see these folks in decision-making positions. I gotta say, all you have to do is look at the Board of Land and Natural Resources right now. You know, you talk about decisions that are made over all of these lands, and what kind of voice do we really have on that? We had one kanaka, we had one seat that was responsible for knowing and understanding Hawaiian culture, Hawaiian traditions, and that person Voted to approve the permit for the TMT.
1: And Ms. Kalama, on that note, we mahalo you so much for your final <laughs> remarks. Mayor Kim, any final conclusion or manao that you'd like to share with the collective tonight?
3: Of absolute tonight, thank you for doing this. Sitting down and listening to my fellow panelists, I really have a good feeling of where we can go. I have your you know that I typed this morning, big black print for me. I talk to myself all the time to remind me, and it just says, you know, we must find a way. I'll conclude this with what they told Dr. Lesnar today. I think when I first took over civil defense, the same kind of management problem, but it caused hundreds of people to get injured or die. I felt that the one of the answers to Mauna Kea of management was to have an umbrella organization that will make everyone stick to the theme of their responsibility. And with absolute, by law, one of the members of that should be OHA. I asked this group and members of the panel, let us find a way. There one thing we agreed back there with others which we were just talking about We must find a way to end this in a good way for all of us where there will be no confrontation.
1: Mahalo, Harry Kim, Mayor Kim of Hawaii County with his final thoughts tonight. We ask you as well if you would like to share anything with us, Justice Klein.
2: Oh, sure. Mahalo for being first. Whoever selected me to be on this panel, thank you very much. I think I know who it was. Um, And thank you for moderating questions are excellent and um, I'm, I'm really happy to hear this group's answers to the questions because I learned a lot but very shortly um, I think you have to keep in mind that uh, you know OHA was very restrained before it filed a lawsuit in this case and naturally because we have a lawsuit we, we can't speak as frankly as we might but um, I know the trustees did not want to go forward with a lawsuit, um, and it was a last resort for them. Because courts can only solve so much. You know, people can solve uh, other problems person to person, and uh, lawsuits do kind of put a damper on open communication. So I just wanted to mention that, and uh, I have several of trustees are here, including the trustee chair and vice chair, Colette Machado, and, and uh, Mr. Lee. Uh, So they're here and um, in support and I think yeah, you actually have to go back to one other point that I hope I made, that we we, we all want a peaceful community. We'd love to be a beacon to the world, Um, but in order to get to peace, uh, you have to concentrate on justice.
1: Mr. Chun.
5: Thank you uh, once again for the opportunity to be here. Um, Justice Klein uh, brought up the issue of decommissioning and I I would just uh, encourage people to go look at uh, uh, what has been committed to. There are two decommissionings in process now and three more that have been committed to by 2033. Mm -hmm. Um, So we we, we have heard that message and we are moving uh, to try to strike some balance there. Um, but that's also a good example of sort of my what I started off with, um, you know, sort of this mosaic of contradictions that, that, that for me personally, what is what Mauna Kea has has become. Um, as we as we've seen, it it is a it can be and has been a very strong stimulus and source of community division. I've seen it in um, in Kona where I live. Um, I've seen it all over the uh, Moko uh, uh, moko Um But I've also seen it be a source of bringing community together in ways that we've never done before. And that's what I hope uh, we're able to move forward with. Thank you.
1: Mahalo Nui, Mr. Chun. That is the conclusion of our panel, Ikea Po. On behalf of our panelists, Greg Chun, Camille Kalama, Mayor Harry Kim, and Justice Robert Klein, how about a round of applause? <laughs> On behalf of our sponsors, and Ahahui o Hawaii from the William S. Richardson School of Law, we want to mahalo everyone here and watching tonight for joining us here at Kawaiwai Collective. I'm Moanike K. We say malama and
0: Ahuiho. Thank you for listening to us on Native Stories. Navigate through location-based stories on our Native Stories mobile app. You can find it on Apple and Android stores under Native Stories. Go check them out and leave a review and tell your family and friends. If you have a story you would like us to tell or want to sponsor a future podcast, location, story, or walking tour, please email us at info at Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook under username our native stories.